Hi, I'm Eniola Hu. And I'm Tyra Biro, and you're listening to To Be Continued, a podcast where Nollywood meets real life. So, Eniola, how's it going? How's this week been for you? This week was just, it gets as it be, as Nigerians say. It's been <laughs> yeah. really weird. Um, yeah, it's been really hard to get things done this week, but why here, Sha? Yeah, I feel the same way too. I feel like everyone just is still a bit like, I don't know, it just feels like there's a weight that's still there. Even though you can't quite put your finger on it, it just feels like things just don't feel exactly right. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just been a bit weird. But mm-hmm. I took Friday off and that was like, that really helped me. So I think awesome. just taking whatever time or opportunities you have to like take time for yourself, definitely yeah. do that because it helps. And just be intentional about staying away from things that may trigger your stress response or like mm-hmm. your trauma response or whatever, like to just the things that are happening right now in life. Because I know mm-hmm. sometimes like when you say, oh, you're taking time off or you're taking time off, but then you spend the whole day on Twitter. It's like, that doesn't help you. That doesn't help your mental health. Like you're just making yourself feel worse. So yeah, definitely take time, but also like be intentional about what you do with that time. That's the story of my life. Honestly, I feel like you always have mm-hmm. the words to capture what I'm experiencing or what I'm thinking. And that's pretty much the story of my life. Even when I'm like, you know what, today I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I end up being on Twitter the whole day. But I also have a lot to look forward to because I am finally doing up my office space and my studio space. And I'm really, you know, creating like a different future for myself right now. So, yeah, awesome. that, yeah that, that definitely um, makes me feel better by everything. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I think like for me too, I think I've always tried or at least been somewhat successful at being able to engage the issues that matter to me like through my work which I know mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't able to mm-hmm. do um and it's, it's a blessing and a curse because it, it means that you can't get away from these mm-hmm. issues like you just never stop you're always on but at the same time I feel like that's the only way that I'm able to find like some kind of agency like some kind of like meaning in all of this is like just being able to lend my voice to the things that are happening and yeah so this this moment has just definitely made me be a lot more thoughtful and critical about like where I put my energy like the things I actually want to do in life mm-hmm. and the things that actually just matter to me like I just don't have time I feel like we're all and I, th- I, I get that sense from other people too I don't know about you but I just have less patience for the bullshit right now <laughs> Yep, I feel you. I feel you. I hope um, things get better. And, um, you know, mm. I hope that somehow within this BS, there's a silver lining in there for mm-hmm. a lot of us and that the future that we're creating, I, I actually want to live to see it, you know? I hope we get to see yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I hope we get to see it. But, um, okay, let me go on to the show, like to the episode. We have mm-hmm. feedback from Atoke. Um, Atoke, thank you again for writing in. Atoke sent feedback regarding the transactional episode, transactional relationship episode that you di- we did, but you saw the movie Hello, mm-hmm. and you talked about transactional relationships. She said one of the major transactional relationships, especially in our culture, that we actually forgot. I don't know how we missed that, was mm-hmm. um, with parents and children. I think mm-hmm. even though I believe it's global, I think culturally a lot of people have children with the intention of those children being a sort of like reflection of them or, you know, that child, they, they want to raise a child that fulfills the parents' wishes. So, mm-hmm. and then also the, the idea of children looking after parents in their old age, which is a mm-hmm. very big thing. And when I've heard people that don't want to have kids say it, the first thing that comes up is you die lonely. So is that why people have children? Right. So you see what I'm, where I'm going with this? Like, yeah. 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 So I, I think that's a very, very fantastic example of um, transactional relationships. And... That is a great example. Yeah. 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 And I definitely agree. I think even, and you hear too, like some, like it, many Nigerian parents are very upfront with it. It's like, I need True. the return on my investment. Like mm-hmm. if I send it to school, it's very much like 
an investment and a return that is expected. So if I send you to school and I do all these things for you, then mm-hmm. yeah, the things that I, I expect in return. True. Or I can dictate, yeah, or I can dictate mm-hmm. how you live your life, or, yeah. or I must have some kind of say. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Um, so I definitely agree. Yep, that'd be very great. Yeah, point. yeah. Even down to like what you choose to study in school. Mm. The Nigerian parents are like, no, you must do this, you must study that. You must... essentially they've created this mini robot that must obey them and yeah exactly definitely a transaction relationship so thank you Atokia for that contribution um today we're going to be talking about God Calling and it was directed by Bibi Shashere and produced by Momo Spain mm-hmm. who also happens to be a friend of mine and I'm giving that disclaimer because I want everyone to know that I am going to be honest with this movie about my thoughts and um i've really written it like without as with as little bias as possible honestly mm-hmm. and this is also a movie that touches on a subject that i'm not necessarily involved in so i've really tried to do this i've tried to do this as fair as possible so mm-hmm. yeah so god calling is in summary like if i were to describe the movie not the storyline per se but the type of movie that it is it is um, magical realism and it's about mm-hmm. faith and religion and interestingly, it has like 98% rating on Google Films and 8.1, mm. yes, on IMDb. And it also has really high ratings on Amazon Video. So, mm. yeah, clearly people enjoy it. And, um, you know, even when I spoke to, to the producer, Momo Spain, just asking her questions about the movie, she said that it had really, really powerful, that the feedback after the movie came out, because it came out in cinemas in Nigeria, Mm-hmm. And it did pretty well. Okay. Apparently, the feedback was, she said it was so touching. Like, people cried. Some people felt that they actually had a purpose after watching this movie. Oh, wow. So, I just want to put out, like, the impact of this film and just what it's done to people who've seen it. And um, I didn't know this until I saw it. And so, when I, after I had seen it, I called to just sort of check in on parts that I maybe I didn't really understand or loopholes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I'll I'll get to that later. Okay, so the movie is about this couple played by Zena Balogo and Karibi Fubara. I think you should go with him. He's he's good looking, but also mm-hmm. um, he just really killed that role. So did Zena. Yeah. We'll I like this. It. I like this pairing. I like this casting. It's, it's nice. And then the the girl they had a little girl play their child. Her name is Diana Eguatu. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, she was very professional on set. So you know, oh, wow. her. yeah. She was playing like a seven-year-old. I don't know how old kids are. So don't even, yeah, nobody should even come for me if they say she's nine or 12. Because I don't know. From three to 12, they're the same age to me. I don't know. And the last stop. I'm serious. I don't. I really, when people come and say, oh, this is my one and a half year old. I'm like, oh, I thought they were four. I don't know. So, <laughs> girl. so um, yeah, so they played this girl. She played their daughter. And, you know, they really Pick, uh, portrayed them as a loving, you know, well-to-do family, mm-hmm. um, you know, upper-middle-class family. And the Zainab's parents were RMD and Sinamba, and um, Fubara's parents were Osofia in Kemowo, but I'm going to call him Osofia, sorry. And Onyekan <laughs> Wenu. So it was, it was a nice cast. Um, there were many other people in the film, like, that were friends, the couple, and just many other characters. But I'm going to focus on this um, family unit and obviously the movie is about faith so i'm going to state everyone's belief zainab was agnostic or atheist i would say agnostic and atheist her husband was a believer but not someone that had to be at church or anything but he was a christian but the daughter actually liked god and church and all those things zainab's parents rmd was like her atheist and her mom tinamba was a christian but okay. i guess also very like maybe very tolerant because her husband wasn't a believer so i guess for her yeah. it wasn't like a, it wasn't a do or die thing but she cherished her faith whatever so in the movie again they set that like belief where everybody kind of stands and then um fubara's parents they didn't really i just assumed they were christians just because of the way they were portrayed and they didn't come after them for not being christians the way they came after them not christians <laughs> but when i say come after i say loosely to be fair, this movie wasn't preachy or anything, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. And FYI, guys, there are spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie, I will spoil it. 
but the spoilers are worth are worth it, and you still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Fubara's parents are Osofia and Onyeka Wenu, and somehow they establish in conversation that he hasn't seen his parents in like almost twenty years, and so that oh, wow yeah. So there's some family there. This movie has so many layers um, to it. So they establish disbelief or lack of belief. I shouldn't say disbelief. Well, Anyway, they established <laughs> they established lack of belief in God. They established yeah. like family problems with Bubara and his parents, and of course, it's trickled down to Zainab and her family because they too hadn't seen Bubara's side. So the granddaughter hadn't met her grandparents. So it was this whole mess. And of, and Zainab also had she struggled with addiction. She had uh, a cocaine addiction, and mm. um, yeah, which was very surprising because obviously the way they portrayed the family in the beginning seemed like picture perfect yeah i'd be curious to see like how yeah. they had dealt with the top subject of addiction like, uh-huh. you find out <laughs> <laughs> you find out and that's why you know again it, i think it's important for me to state that this movie is magical realism um yeah so um so in this movie um the daughter asks to go to church and i'm gonna spec- i'm gonna speak specifically about this scene because it was symbolic the daughter asks to go to church, and after church, um, during the service, sorry, when they get to church, the preacher specifically looks at Zainab and says, God is calling you. God is calling you. Yes, I'm talking. You know, that very, like, eerie moment. And Zainab mm. tries to keep a straight face. And when the preacher looks away, she bursts out laughing with her husband. So <laughs> she kind of mocks everything and all of that. Then, um, not long after, the daughter unfortunately dies in an explosion. Oh, and yeah what? that was pretty tragic yeah because and also she was the only child so obviously oh. that was like a whole like that was where the movie really just everything started unraveling even more because you could kind of see Zainab unravel a little bit at the scene mm-hmm. but now the whole outfit just tore to the ground like like into textiles like she's very <laughs> She's in the fashion game. She's out here. So that analogy makes perfect sense. Girl, trust me. You don't know how many sweaters, you know, or knit clothing. Like, they'll warn you, don't pull this thread. If you pull mm-hmm. this thread, everything. So <laughs> this thing is very real. My Like, it's very it's very vivid in my mind. Like, that's yeah. she pulled down one thread. They say she's not pulled And the whole thing, that mm. death thread. Yeah. And so, obviously, like, Zainab is grieving. She's hallucinating. But at her, at her daughter's funeral, after trying to beat the pastor over something that I'll let you guys figure out when you watch, she she her phone starts ringing and it says the caller ID is God and it says will you take a, will you answer the call? Hmm. And so she's losing her shit and she calls her husband like hey God is calling me and her husband looks at the phone there's nothing he's like okay 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 and then he wipes cocaine off her nose. And so that, oh. yeah. So Zainab, like, obviously she starts unraveling and she's like, she starts hallucinating. She starts seeing her daughter in places. Um, mm. Like it really, it becomes really bad. She falls into like major deep depression and obviously they have to move out of their house. And I believe they move into her parents' house. So they pretty much almost lose everything. And then her husband starts losing, he, has, he now loses his faith, starts entertaining another woman at work. He didn't sleep with her, but he started emotionally cheating on Zena, like talking with oh, the woman wow. and to, yeah, entertaining her wows and like seduction and all of that. <laughs> I know, right? Wows. <laughs> yeah, the real wows And it, that was actually played by Echo Edewar, who did really well as well. So oh. they, yeah, she did pretty well. And then, you know, they, she keeps making sexual advances. He doesn't, as I say, he doesn't allow her go all the way, but he will allow her lean into him and, you know, mm. bring him too close to his neck and things like that. Yeah, so you're not doing it all the way, mm-hmm. but you're just allowing enough yeah. that you feel, you, it makes you feel better, but you yeah. can't really say you did anything. Yeah, and that's nailed it. That's it. So, mm-hmm. as I said, everything falls apart, and then this is where Zainab is now like, all right, I guess I'm shreds now. I'm done. She decides she goes to commit suicide on Third Mainland Bridge. And when she gets mm. to Third Mainland Bridge, her phone starts ringing incessantly, and it's God calling her again, and she doesn't answer. Mm. And then she says, "If it's you, if you're real, then you're gonna save me." And so she jumps. It was a beautiful scene. 
Yeah. Anyway, wow. she jumps, and then an angel who is like on a canoe on Third Milan Bridge sees her and then rescues her and puts her in the boat in the canoe. So she wakes up and she's in the canoe, and her phone is still ringing, and there's God calling her, and she says hello, and then the scene cuts from there, and that's just like really nails it that God shall called her. This one, there's no doubt again. Yeah. She was dreaming, like God is calling her. So um, her husband now starts talking about divorce, especially because um, his co-worker was like, where was your wife when your daughter died? And, you know, things like that. Because she was actually in Zainab's care when she died. So the movie, I'm not going to lie, takes a weird turn into this, like, it became like a marriage thing. It became like, the movie went from, I guess, the grief of losing a child. It became very like, you must save your marriage, you must save your marriage. And the movie kind of centered mm-hmm. around that. But somehow, as Zainab starts talking to God constantly, she realizes that God wants her to go east. And so she starts telling her husband that, and she tells her husband that, if you can't go with me, I'm not going to go. But this is what God has called me to do. And it was like, yeah. So this whole thing becomes drama because when she would try and pray, she would try and invite him. He'd be like, I beg, this is your God that took my daughter. Fuck that is. So he wasn't wow. praying with that. Yeah. So the roles got reversed. The and now role. she was the person who had like all the faith. And yeah. he had he lost his faith. He completely lost his faith. Completely wow. lost his faith. Because he was angry, you know. So one day, Zainab goes to visit her daughter's um, tomb. And I said tomb. Her daughter has grief, Sha. And mm-hmm. then uh, she has a very... Honestly, I don't know how to explain that experience because there were a lot of special effects in this movie. And that's why I'm also saying magical realism because even though she was at a cemetery, you could see that, they sort of placed her in like a living hell. Mm. Like they put this CGI that fell. That's the only way I could describe what she was going through. And then she let out this wow. loud piercing piercing and like devastating scream that you could feel from where you were sitting like you almost wanted to go in there and be like is enough this woman has suffered enough just leave her alone and then you she passes out and then you're just like okay anyway so that happens and then she wakes up in the hospital and when she wakes up in the hospital the doctor tells her husband that congratulations you're when your wife is three weeks pregnant whatever and so, oh, wow. yeah, the husband is like shocked. But all of a sudden, he comes back to his senses and believes that this, he now has a purpose. Like God has given him his family back and that that's mm. the most important thing to him. So he now agrees to go east. RMD being um, the wealthy father um, and the, I guess, non-believing father. I, I believe that they tied this not unbelief to like RMD's stubborn nature. And also they actually portrayed Zainab as a very mean person to other people. She wasn't, as a very unkind person. You know, there was a scene where she refused to give to beggars and she didn't, she was very cold to other people. And mm. I think was that- Was before her, she had her whole like- This was before her, her God calling experience. So yeah. They were trying to portray her, I guess, as someone who didn't believe and all of that. So, right. they, yeah. So there was- Because just because somebody doesn't believe in God, that means they had they, they're automatically an yeah. asshole. <laughs> I do think that that was, whether they did it uh, deliberately or not, that's what, that was the message that definitely- Yeah. Did. Yeah. So anyway, RMD tries to talk them out, of, at least talk to the, talk the husband out of it, and he wouldn't listen. So RMD goes to the East. So remember now that they were completely- um, they were pretty much estranged from Fubara's family. And mm. so RMD takes it upon himself to go to the East to kind of go and talk to the parents and say, look, I don't know where this East is that your children want to go, but please come talk to them and tell them that like they can't do this because RMD had bigger plans for them. He wanted to build them a mega church because he had money. So the family is like, are you mad? You that you didn't talk to us. You treated us like dirt. You like all the years you we've not even we've never met you we've never met our mm-hmm. grandchild. You're not coming to tell us that you need a favor. Like, or Sophia is like, please get the fuck out of my house. And the thing mm-hmm. is that scene, I, I'll just let you know now. I can't do it justice by mm-hmm. describing it. You're going to have to watch it because it was RMD Onyeka Wenu and Unkemo or Sophia in one scene, and the dialogue was hilarious, obviously because of Unkemo, but. It was, 
it just felt legendary in its own right because yeah like this already feels like legendary yes it was legendary like i feel like i want to just take that clip and watch that clip over and over and over and over and like Mm -hmm. learn the lines like just the way that the the chemistry um between three of them was incredible the way that they spoke to one another like Mm. rmd is like everyone was just their full it felt like everybody fully immersed in their character in that moment and i loved mm. seeing that rmd really owned that whole like you know in nigeria they call former military guys old soldier mm. but you can't say soldier properly you have to say soldier like s-o-j-a <laughs> so rmd really came off like an old soldier like asshole and in Kemowa and his wife came off like this really down-to-earth eastern couple that love their east they love family you know mm. humble but like their principle that won't take shit they're not going to let this rich man come into their house and start, you mm-hmm. know, dictating how they would run their lives. So that was a really, that was like really well done in that scene. And RMD, they didn't listen to him. So he's like, you know what? He tells the soldiers, you know, you guys can go stay in your hotel. I'm going to sleep outside. And so he even yanks the necklace, a crucifix off one of the soldiers' necks. And he holds onto it. He's like, that's not supposed to be on your uniform. So he yanks it and like holds onto it. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to sleep outside. He builds a hammock. He Wait, did. why did he yank the the chain of his soldier's neck? Because he, uh, you know, now old soldier asshole. He's like, as a military guy, you shouldn't be wearing like jewelry. I don't think they're allowed to wear jewelry. Right. Yeah, so he yanked it off his neck, but he didn't throw and it away. He's not he just, Christian, yeah. He's not Christian, so I'm sure. Like right. again, that's another thing the movie did. They made it look like anyway. They made it look like non-Christians just go around persecuting Christians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe not persecuting Christians, but persecuting everybody. Like almost yeah. like they don't, the only frame of reference they have for um, their morality is them, themselves. That's how mm. it felt. Okay. Um, so I'm just sleeps. He makes a hammock outside to sleep, and I'm going to talk about this scene because when he wakes up in the morning, the same angel that had been appearing to Zainab, to you know the whole movie, came to RMD and had a conversation with him. Talk to him about why he stopped believing. Talk to him about, you know, a bunch of things that only an angel or a god would know. And um, I don't know if I... Okay, I don't think I mentioned this. RMD, as I said, old soldier, he was an amputee. So he had like a a prosthetic Mm -hmm. leg, right? By the way, the prosthetics were fantastically done. He had a prosthetic leg. And that prosthetic leg, he would attach it when he needed to go out. But the angel snatches RMD's walking stick. And RMD starts chasing him, but like he's running like somebody that, you know, may have a prosthetic leg. Yeah. Running, his gait becomes more like athletic and whatnot, and his leg had grown back. So that was like another miracle. Yeah, there were a bunch of miracles in the movie that, again, I I think you should watch and you can see for yourself. But there were a bunch of like things that you're like, oh, wow, this is interesting that happened. And that was one of them. So, again, RMD now became a believer because of that. And um, he finally came back to Lagos, was able to convince Zainab's family, and they all came, and they were able to send their children off to the East. So that's pretty much the movie. Oh, wait. So they didn't tell us what happened in the East? They didn't tell us. So, so... No! I was like, what is in the East? Like, I thought we were going to go to the East. Girl. So the movie was long enough that you knew that you weren't going to see what would happen in the East. Right. Okay. In that sense, it made, it made a lot of sense that we didn't mm-hmm. see. And I think it also set it up for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I believe that they, I hope that when, if they do a part two, they show like what really happens in the East. Um, I guess there were miracles here and there. Like, even Zainab did some miracles. She made a cheating friend's husband go blind. (laughs) I said, I stand a feminist god. Like, (laughs) I stand a feminist miracle worker. Yes. For real. Yeah, she made a cheating husband go blind. But, um, yeah, and there were other, as I said, other forms of miracles. Even, like, the idea of God calling someone on the phone is, like, you know, part of the whole magical realism. So let's go to, like, the pros and cons it is i personally think it's so worth it like you know to see whether you're a believer or not i don't think first of all it's very moving so you feel a lot of emotions Mm. a lot of emotions the performances were just i guess i've entered the pros now just seeing this but the performances were amazing i have to shout out fubara and zena like they really killed it 
um, especially for Barra, I have to give it up to him. And even the girl that played their daughter, you know, sometimes in Nollywood, you have these children that like can't even look at their parents <laughs> and say, Junior, go upstairs. And the child is looking at the floor the whole scene. Like, that wasn't yeah. the kind of girl she was. Like, you know, when her parents would carry her and like give her a kiss on the cheek, she would look in their eyes and smile as if like it was her real parents. You know, like she, she did great. I think in terms of acting, I literally have zero complaints. Like, not a single person. We don't have any orthodontists in this movie. Like, everything <laughs> just worked out. Everything just worked yeah. out fantastic in that way. And I also think that they really took a chance on Nigerian storytelling, even though the premise is Middle Eastern in the sense that it's a Christian movie and Christianity is from the Middle East. But they took a chance on the Nigerian version of Christianity. Mm. And shout out to y'all for not making the angel or God or I don't know what who that was, but it was a representation of someone celestial. Shout out to you guys for not making the person like light skin or white uh, or blonde hair. Seriously, shout out to you like guys. this is that portrayal of Jesus that the media always or okay, sorry, I'm I know the person was an angel, but this just made me think about the freaking portrayal of Jesus that yeah. we all get to see that I I I blast every time I have a chance because if you really so... think that that's what Jesus looks like yeah. or that's what Jesus looked like, then this is a mess. I even saw something on Twitter. Okay, so this isn't mm-hmm. verified. So just like mm-hmm. nobody told me on this. This is mm-hmm. com- maybe completely mm-hmm. wrong, whatever. But I'll say it anyway. Mm-hmm. There was somebody, somebody came out with like basically what they claim was the origin of that the image of jesus that we usually see like the guy with the long hair right like that hippie looking guy with like long hair and the mustache or whatever and Mm -hmm. beard is a person (laughs) like a european Mm -hmm. that people just took that image like there was a moment when that image became the the image of jesus and everybody just ran with it from then so again No one quote me on this. I could be completely one hundred percent wrong oh and lying. But like, can you imagine? Do you know so, that National Geographic they have a CGI computer generated image of Jesus, like the most updated version? Mm-hmm. And Jesus looks like a regular Middle Eastern person, like yeah curly hair and i wish people would go look at that photo yeah. um not for anything i think that's okay to serve or worship anybody that you want to but i think you'll really put things in perspective because mm-hmm. when you see that this when you really see what this person could have looked like it will make you question a lot of things because there's a reason they chose somebody who kind of looked ethereal or like angelic for you to worship mm. and they always put a halo over them it makes it easier for you to kind of fall for that image like a person that has more like perfect quote and unquote yeah. and i'm saying this from a eurocentric point of view not because this other person is not good looking mm-hmm. but based on the biases we have in this world based on like physical biases racial biases we have the real mm. image of jesus a lot of people want to worship jesus if mm. they saw that image yeah. yeah 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 but um so yeah i have to say that um shout out to them for choosing somebody i mean he's a little light for nigerian standards but to be fair he's not like even as light as Eku or anything so mm. shout out to them for that and then um i also think it was a much more updated take on christianity you know even like putting iphone you know, that updated idea to the idea of God calling you, even though it was also very literal and it was metaphorical, but it was very, like, modern. There was even a, a, a part of the movie where they were talking about an app. And that got me mad excited, but that idea didn't go continue. Um, mm. It didn't continue. And I, I thought that that was her mission in the East. I actually thought that even the whole East thing was metaphorical and that she was going to go build an app. That's really what I thought her mission right. was going to be. And, you know, I have one of these apps, Notes from the Universe, where every day the universe sends you a message. Mm-hmm. And I know there's one called God something that's very famous and people love it. Every day will send you a motivational message about mm-hmm. God or Christ or whatever. So me, I thought she was going to build something like that, but right. um, that didn't happen. But again, it was a much more updated take on Christianity. It wasn't too preachy. Mm. Um, it wasn't too preachy. I also think the special effects were very good. Pretty much excellent. There was only one that fell a little bit short. Like, it looked more fake. 
and the others, it was the house explosion. But the rest of it was, the aftermath was really good. The third million bridge. Okay, now let's go to that scene. That mm. suicide scene was the most poetic. It was so beautiful. It was like a vision. Like, it was cinematic. Apparently, so I, I watched a couple of people talk about it and read reviews. Like, people said that in the theater, everyone clapped for that scene. And I wow. just wanted to let you guys know that none of it was done outside of Nigeria. Everything was graded. Everything was done in Nigeria. All the CGI was done in Nigeria. So, I love was, that. It was impressive. It was impressive. And I know that the Milan Bridge and even well now to obviously Lekiko A Bridge because it's mm-hmm. very it's pretty but right. there are just some locations that get used a lot that I think like by Nigerian filmmakers and I think like rightfully so mm-hmm. and I just always enjoy when it's done well like yes. I think I, I'm already I, like I'm picturing I haven't seen it but I'm picturing the third Milan Bridge scene in my head like I already have chills just hearing you describe it so it's... I can imagine how it must have looked so uh. Nigerian filmmakers like keep making films in Lagos in Nigeria just use yes. what we have like we have yes. so much even though obviously I mean I'm not in the industry and I don't mm-hmm. know I'm sure there are you know things you have to do in order to be able to I guess access some of these locations and whatever do what you need to do and we all know how things work out in Nigeria when you want mm-hmm. to get any kind of thing done but mm-hmm. if you have the power to and if you're in a position where you can you actually have the resources at your disposal to mm-hmm. to make these places and these locations that are our own look great and to actually incorporate them into the stories that you're telling in a good yeah. way then please do that I'm completely here for your comments because that's another thing I wanted to point out Bibi Shashiri's direct Tutorial debut was um, Banana Island Go. Mm. Almost Spain as well. Same for her. I think they worked together. Third Million Bridge was a major part of Banana Island Go. Like yep. the way they did the whole cinematic. It was fantastic. And I really feel like, you know how, you know, different producers, Tarantino has a signature thing. You watch a Tarantino movie, even before you see it, like, is this Tarantino? Is this John Singleton? Like, you feel it. Is this Ava <laughs> yeah. DuVernay? I think that Momo and Bibi are creating this synergy now that is becoming identifiable just by mm-hmm. watching it. And I feel like Third Million Bridge has become like one of their signature things now. It's really, I don't know, they've mastered that mm-hmm. bridge. You wouldn't know that that's that same chaotic bridge that when you're driving <laughs> on it, you wouldn't know that that water stinks. The way they do it, you would think there's one... Um, please, that people just dive when they need to take a swim on the hot day in Lagos. It's just so beautiful the way that they captured 3MB and like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Lagos girl, born, raised. My mom is from Lagos. My dad is from Lagos. So for me, mm-hmm. like, this is just like, it just feels like home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a nice um, homage to that bridge. And um, yeah, as I said, the acting was amazing and you really found, I found myself very invested in the pain. Like there were scenes where was, I found myself like having like visceral reactions to what was going on. You know, like it was that well done, especially the grief. Wow. The grief, if you're someone that you carry grief, okay, yeah, the grief was you could literally like eat it. You could pick it up and like digest it. That's how palpable that grief was. So yeah, just 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 beware before you watch it. It's heavy as hell. So yeah, yeah. well, I appreciate the warning because yeah, <laughs> but this movie sounds like really intense, and I just like the okay. fact that they got into the grief. Like they didn't shy away from yep. the hard parts. It sounds like mm-hmm. they didn't shy away from the difficult stuff or the hard parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah, pretty much, and um. Some of the cons, I would say, there's already one. There's one. There's only one scene I didn't like, and it was when they were planning the funeral. The pastor, because in Yoruba culture, um, children bury their parents and not the other way around. So, mm-hmm. obviously, they talked about the possibility of the grandparents and parents not being at the funeral, and the pastor was like, "We cannot follow those antiquated ways of our culture." The, oh. Jesus has made the other like, okay, you need to shut up. Um, and it's not because <laughs> I think culture can be revised or 
and your culture should honor you. So if you want to bury your child, if that's going to make that situation better for you, I think you can do what you need to do. But it was, I felt, I did, I felt like you didn't need to put down our culture to elevate Christianity. That was so unnecessary. So I didn't like that scene. And um, yeah. yeah. And then with the storytelling, I thought that there were so many layers that needed their own focus or they needed to be glossed over, but there were just too many things. Like even when I was writing the story, I found myself getting sucked into like different um, storylines. And I was like, okay, no, right. stay on course. No, stay on course. It's about this family <laughs> and they like, stay on course. It's about God calling. So, I mean, I told you already there was addiction. There was faith. There was, um, even I am this prosthetic leg was his own conversation. There was fertility because Zena Bapeni, she and her husband had fertility issues, which is why they were surprised they were pregnant for another child. There was um, cheating. There mm. was divorce. There was kindness, like, you know, politics. Like, do you give arm, um, sorry, arm, arms to people? Like, there were just so many things. And I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. Um, I'm getting overwhelmed. Slow mm-hmm. down. So I felt that way a little bit. Like, when I was trying to remember the story, I had to, re- I had to write it more than once because it helped me kind of narrow, 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 and focus on the real story. And then the, I also feel that that, which we've already talked about, they portrayed Zainab being agnostic or atheist. They portrayed her as, like, I feel like it's a binary view of atheists. And, I, you know, I, they portrayed her as unkind. And I feel like it didn't need to be that. You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think that there are so many people that don't believe in any God or anything that are super kind. And clearly we've seen people that believe in God and murder in the name of God and yep. atrocities. So I feel like that's a simple enough idea to have brought into the movie. I don't think, I don't, like I don't even expect anyone to have to be debating or... Right, that yeah. people that you can be a good person even if you don't believe in God. Like that's, exactly. that feels like a basic enough idea that yeah. that be done yeah absolutely absolutely so for me that was like huh. and then um there was a part i told you the movie really went into this like marriage hold your marriage like you know session and mm. you know it was like glorific- glorification of marriage that i thought was a bit too much especially when something really horrible was happening and i know this you know this is more about the character but somebody wrote it right so it was very like Oh, you have to keep your marriage. And this girl, woman was yes. saying that her husband had 11 girlfriends, you know. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and? Yes. 11 girlfriends. And? 11 Sorry. girlfriends. And she was like, you know, I think I've had enough. And there was actually even a time that Zena kept saying, divorce is not an option. And I was like, girl, are you going to hold him into the, inside the marriage? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that thing that before she was a Christian, she would tell her friend, you better leave this man. Then after she became a Christian, it's like, no, divorce is not an option. And my mm. friend, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. So I thought that that binary was too much. They just took her from day to night. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they blended her, her. They still made her like, like, anyway. Similar to the kind of person she always she was. Always but was. now you have a, this practice that you engage with. And I wish to like, I don't know. Anyway, let's just, I don't know. This also just makes me think about even what kinds of portrayals of spirituality we allow within mm. the Hollywood landscape. Like, for example, why can't we have a character that is not, that maybe is spiritual, but mm-hmm. doesn't subscribe to any specific religion? Just yeah. for example, whether it's, whether it's Judeo-Christian, whether mm-hmm. it's African traditional, like, there should be and i think this movie did a good job in kind of getting us parts way along the way but yep. i feel like we still have a long way to go as far as just breaking down those binaries and make turning the conversation about spirituality more into a spectrum as opposed yep. to as opposed to either you believe in everything or you believe in nothing and you're a horrible person exactly. like it's just so boring that shit is boring now at yeah. this point like we have and i think this again this movie takes a step away from that mm-hmm. but i think we can like there's more that we can do to actually really engage with some of the complexities of just people's spirituality mm-hmm. like what happens when you see your faith when you have a newfound faith or what happens mm-hmm. to you when you have a different kind of faith like i don't mm-hmm. know 
yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that the Nigerian culture of sensational testimonies adds to this kind of thinking because mm. when you come and tell a testimony, it's almost like you want to embellish so that, you know, your God seems more powerful and your God seems mm-hmm. like a sudden God and the God that goes beyond all ration. And I think that that's what causes this kind of thinking and makes people feel like, oh, somebody who is so, you know, rigid in her ways or whatever, after coming to God, she's just going to become this completely soft. Like, it really doesn't happen like that. If not, most people would be transformed beyond belief, right? Right. You know, everybody at church would be transformed beyond belief. But we know that's not the case. It's true. So, you know, you're right. It would be nice to show that complexity more. Um, And the I think my last con for the movie was like the loophole. There was some loopholes here and there um, with the stories. And I think that's just because there were so many... Uh, complex issues that they tackled but there was a part where rmd went to check on his leg like the amputated leg by the way i said the prosthetics were 100 percent in this scene like it, yeah. it was how like i was just struggling trying to like figure out how they did it but it was fantastic so rmd is in the clinic and then he's the doctor is checking his leg and the, he goes um the doctor now asks how's your daughter Obviously, knowing that her daughter had passed away and all of that. He goes, um, she's whatever. I can't remember what he said. Then he goes, can you, I want you to do me a favor. And he whispers something in the doctor's ear. So me, I thought it was like something to do with fertility or, you know, something. But mm-hmm. we never saw, that, that storyline never continued. So I don't really mm-hmm. know what happened with that. I did um, ask the director some questions. No, sorry, the producer. Uh, Momo Spain produced it. I'm going to read what she told me. Okay, so one of the questions I had asked was, were the miracles like RMD's leg going back, were they meant to be portrayed as realistic? And she said, best answer is to believers, they are are realistic or at least representative of the extent of God's divine power. So, Mm. yeah, so that was was what she said about the miracles. Because me, I was just like, wondering because i do know that there are nigerians who carry these ideas that these things happen and so i wanted to know if they were leaning into that but for them it was from what i'm getting from this response it was metaphorical but you know it's up to you how far you want to take that belief right so yeah yeah so that was um, helpful in explaining that's why Mm -hmm. i said it's magical realism and uh, yeah yeah. so yeah so those loopholes you know there were one or two there i was like okay i wish i knew where, and even like Fubara not seeing his family, they never fully explained it to us why he just like disappeared. They they kind of touched on like, okay, well, so ever since you met this rich family, I'm married into that. But it's like, what's the excuse to not see your family? I, you know, that didn't really come through for me. Um, mm. But that's, that's pretty much my pros and cons. And in general, I'll say that this, again, was a modern movie on the take on God and spirituality i really appreciated it the reviews made me really happy um but also you know as a nigerian i'm not surprised that nigerians love a religious movie but i think as right. far as religious movies go this ain't no agbarala this ain't no mount zion film <laughs> like do you know do you know mount zion Tayo? Yep. i i okay so <laughs> i know of it okay but i never was it wasn't like a part of my childhood in the way that people talk about wow. it Wow. Yeah, Girl. but I know all these stories. Like I have heard many things. So you do about... know Yamatanga? No. Oh my God! No. You don't know Achishinla? No. I, uh, if you want to have nightmares. Oh my God! For, for one Can we year. do an episode? Can we do an episode on like Mount Zion? I'm here for it. Mount Zion okay. movies really fucked me up as a child. Like. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. What? I could not. <laughs> oh my god! Wait. So, what kind of movies are they? Like, is it just like? Is it kind of like um, you know, these like tales from the crypts, like different episodes on just like scary shits? Um, okay. So, kind of so they had movies which were like okay. like Ashishinla was a movie. Okay. Um, that one was like it meant, it meant it, that means great mistake. That one is uh, man. All I remember in Ashishinla is that. One rich man had a second house that they put a mad woman in, and he used to go sleep with her like every week. 
and <gasps> he used to make yeah so he well i should say sleep with her now i know better it's rape but he yeah. would go rape her obviously against her wish and he would um he had this closet that money used to pour out of Girl. Imagine watching this as a child. Okay, oh and they used to show this. They used to show. So at Baron Lad, the show. They used to show it on Sunday evening. So I remember then when we come back from house fellowship. <laughs> when we come back, from, when we come back from house fellowship, we'd be running home because everybody would be like, "Hey, a Baron Lad is on!" So everybody would be running home oh to go and watch. Yeah, that shit was the ghetto, but in a good what? way. Like it was the good ghetto, it you know. Like, like, yep, I know exactly. Like I know what you, you mean. You know that feel. I... It's like. Now I have to go and watch this. I'm on YouTube right now as we speak, yeah. making my playlist. Of, it looks like they're even still making movies right now. Yeah, like, they still are. Oh, but wow. you know what? Their movies are extremely deliberate on putting down everything that's not Christ. Like it's very yeah, yeah. on the nose. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're I not this Yep, I can they're see not, it. Yeah, like it's like, yes. But but the thing is. We all grew fond of Mike Bamiloye, Gloria Bamiloye. And, you know, we knew they were a couple. But sometimes in the films, they would play, like, enemies. And it would be so fun to watch. So that was also intriguing for us, the viewers, as kids. We'd be like, oh, my God, look, he's been, he's burning his wife. But it's like, that's not his wife. That's yeah. <laughs> so Agbarala was really, like, I don't remember what age I was, but you know, I remember just when I was running back, because, okay, I, I I don't know if some people know, but I went to Deeper Life growing up, and people weren't allowed to have TV. We had a TV. But what? I, yes. <laughs> but my friends who oh, didn't have TV, what? yep, we'll, we'll go to their house sometimes for house fellowship. Then, because they didn't have TV, I had to run home to catch Agbarala with my auntie. And my mom wasn't as invested my mom didn't really care about anything really other than like work and her kids but we would run home to like catch it with my aunties or like <laughs> or like just to watch it so we could talk about it with the neighbors later yeah. at night like but that was the shit um yeah it was the shit but I was, anyway god calling was not like that it was definitely more ikoi it was definitely more park view <laughs> yeah <laughs> God's calling was more. It was more like, "Hey, children!" Abraham was like, "You will burn in hell if you don't believe yeah. in Jesus, and demons will come for you if you yeah. like money." But God coming was like, "Well, children, you have to love the Lord and go to mm-hmm. church and kiss your parents every day." So it was, you know, it's like a different tone, um, yeah. and I can just imagine how the children of today feel watching a movie like God Calling and. You know how like how would they take it would they be moved by it mm. um, yeah because we used to be after i used to behave myself <laughs> no it's true when you watch Agbara, like, like for like a couple of days you'll be well behaved you know yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you'll be like i can't disobey yeah you say, i don't want to disobey before i am a tanga yeah no it was i know exactly what you mean it was the same way like even Madame Coin Coin stories where the parents were in boarding school. Yeah, like in boarding I'm not leaving my bed after we after they putting lights to go where so that who can come and grab my legs? No. Oh, or who can come and meet me in the bathroom? No, so I know I know exactly I know the boarding house version of that. And it was fucking scary. And I, I think you raise a really great point about what like what would the children of now who are watching like i don't know whatever past like whatever mm-hmm. the of like christianity or like whatever mm-hmm. didactic filmmaking is happening mm-hmm. right now what lessons are they taking from that and i think is i think it's a bit different i think it's definitely it, I, I think god calling definitely doesn't have the same effect on a child today that mount zion had on you ah, for sure. obviously it's not <laughs> the same kind of movie but but i also think it really won't have the same effect because the filmmaking and the storytelling is changing, but I don't yeah. know that the conversations in the household have shifted as much in mm. the last ten years or twenty years, like from That's when we were kids to where we are now. I think the conversations are still the same. I think the way we engage Christianity and religion is still the same, but I think there's more like room in the landscape of storytelling to do more. So I don't know how those two will now meet. Like, what happens when those two things meet? Like, children are still being taught the same lessons about Christianity and 
what it means to be a child of God and all those things at home. Mm. But now the the media that they are consuming alongside that is kind of changing. So mm. I don't know. Like, this is a, this that is a brilliant place. point. Yeah, that is great. Like, it's true. If the conversation isn't changing, but the media is changing, mm-hmm. the conversation at home isn't changing. You still have parents that scare you and, you know, have all those mm. harsh ways. And then you're watching movies where... <laughs> where they're just you know okay let's go to church and you guys are actually Mm -hmm. eating brunch before church but like (laughs) no no no, sorry the movie you're watching the girl is eating brunch before church and her parents are tickling her nose meanwhile you while you're trying to just get a slice of bread your mom is shouting if i get to that car before you (laughs) like how does that world especially because now we're not watching you know before we would watch the, the nice christianity movies this, it'll be white people or black Americans mm-hmm. because it'll be abroad movies. Now we're seeing our own like fellow Nigerians do Christianity different. So I wonder how the children are going to receive it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a great yeah. point. Well, well, well. If you have any kids, let us know. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, as Sunday schools like the way they were for us, like for, when I was young, Sunday school you could get beaten. It was like school. You know, you you could get punished. You oh yeah. You could get beaten, but also went to an old-time religion church. So, you know, it's different. I'm sure that yeah. wouldn't happen in, like, you know, whatever. Something date. What's that church in Ikori? I don't know. But I went, to, I went to deeper life. I went to deeper life in Akoka. Like, Sister Joy will beat your ass. And that's on yeah. God. That's on God. You know what I mean? That's not what it's really on God. Like yes, it's on God. On God. She'll beat your ass. And then if your parents come and say, why did you? She'd be like, do you want to go meet the adult disciplinary com- committee for why your kids keep coming to church today? Like, what? You know, yeah. So it was so different, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It would just be nice to see what churches are like now. I'm not going to lie. The last time I was home and I went to pick my nieces and nephew from the kids section, mm. they were eating snacks. I, I was like, what? what <laughs> they were eating snacks. I'm like, wait, what's wow. going on? What? We weren't even allowed to eat at church. Brit, like British snacks for that matter, you know. Yeah, it for snacks. Like, mm-hmm. like, snacks are okay. Things have definitely changed. Things have changed. Things have, Things have changed. They had AC eating foreign snacks. Uh-huh. I said, wow. wow. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess maybe God calling is right up the alley. But yeah, parents in the house, we want to know. That's the question we're asking. Or if not even just parents, what's the experience now with like? church and children and like is there a difference between what they're seeing on tv and what they learn at home mm-hmm. i really want we want to know that okay. but i have to say though i think nollywood were in good hands i do i really genuinely believe this from some of the movies we've reviewed and even some of the web series we should do an episode on web series Kyle. yes we, we should. definitely should. i love me a good web series me too. Yeah, yeah we should do one and i think that um we're in good hands based on where we're going and um yeah i do i really think we're in good hands okay don't forget to send your comments to tbcpodcast20 at gmail.com or if you want to reach out to us on social media we're on instagram to be continued pod or on twitter to be continued p okay well on that note thank you guys for listening and to god be glory.